Blog Talk Radio. another edition of the C2P. We are one week away before the 2018 NFL draft gets underway in Dallas, Texas, Jerry World. They're expecting a crowd of over 250,000 people to kind of interact at the festivities at Dallas Stadium. And one of the men who know more about the draft than anyone else out there is our guest at this time of the year, the NFL draft guru himself, Justin Van Fulpen. Justin, what's going on, my man? Uh, not so much, man. What's up with you? Uh, you know what? Just uh, I don't know how you feel about this time, but, I mean, for me, this is kind of like I'm one week away from vacation. That's how I kind of look at it. There's, I love this. <laughs> yeah. I love doing it. But, but at the conclusion on Thursday night, I feel like I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to watch the guys come off the board, and then I'm just going to kind of relax for a month. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 the thing. I mean, it's 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 an anticipation built up. You know, everybody's looking forward to it. You know, you wish it was here. You wish it was starting tomorrow instead of a week. We had another week to go, but you know, we've got, we've got seven more days and so or eight more days and so we get this thing kicked off and you know and we're looking forward to it. You know, as as always every year. Yeah, this year for me more than any other in a long time is because I just love the uncertainty. There's so many unknowns and. You know, usually at this point, you can kind of pinpoint maybe the top five guys, you know, in a Pacific order. So there's really not left to the imagination. But this year in particular, I think, <clears throat> supersedes some of the years, you know, past drafts because there's just so much uncertainty. I mean, we can't even guarantee that, you know, the Cleveland Browns are going to take a quarterback. But we're going to do our best to help our listeners out there kind of find out where we think these guys are going, built on the knowledge and what we've done and, and make an educated guess because really it's just, a you know, it's it's a crystal ball reality, but nonetheless, an educated guess on the next 32 picks that me and Justin are going to reveal to the C2P audience. And Justin, you've had the number one pick the entire time. I think this is our third mock of the year. And uh, so I don't think we should change anything. And uh, 
I will give you the rights to the number one pick, and you are now on the clock, my man. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is is what's John Dorsey going to do? I mean, if you read the tea leaves, it's, okay, hey, he likes big, strong, you know, arm quarterbacks there, you know, like he took Pat Mahone last year, traded up, traded, you know, this year's Kansas City pick, you know, to get up there uh, to get Pat Mahone's, you know, last year. So that if you read the tea leaves that way, you say they're taking Josh Allen. If you read the tea leaves, oh, hey, they they want someone more to, you know, you know, kind of pro ready, and the owner was sitting with the parents, and you know that you, you say Sam Darnold. I think the quarterback's going to go number one. I mean, we we talked about Saquon Barkley, and hey, that might make sense, you know, different things. I think they're going to go quarterback number one, you know, and I I just think that you know at the end of the day, Hugh Jackson's going to say, hey, I think Sam Darnold can can run my offense better, you know, than you know, and I don't think there's that much a, a gap there. I think, you know, Sam Darnold's probably the better overall prospect. Josh Allen's probably got the bigger upside. But I think, you know, they want to stay safe and kind of, instead of trying to hit a home run, just kind of hit a double since they, they need to do that. And so they go ahead and take Sam Darnold, you know, who doesn't have the, the, the athletic ability and the big arm that Josh Allen does, but it's probably more accurate and more pro-ready. So with the first pick, the Cleveland Browns will take Sam Darnold. Awesome. And I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, I think for the pick for Cleveland is Darnold is the guy with the least amount of worries. Nobody is a guarantee, but when you look at the model of work, he has the least blemishes to worry about at this point. And like you said, with their history of quarterback and their ability not to find one, you got to go with the safest bet. And I do think the majority would all agree. That is the former USC quarterback, Sam Darnold. Justin takes off the board at number one. That leaves me number two. With the New York Giants, um, this is my dilemma, Justin. You know, I, I, I'm going to have them take Barkley, but when I do some research, I think the Giants ranked 31st in sacks last year, and they're, they're, you know, and I think the second most yards allowed. So that would immediately make me think Bradley Chubb, especially since they traded Jason Pierre-Paul to Tampa Bay, and that's where I kind of get hung up on things. But at the end of the day, I think they spent free agency money. Two years ago when they brought, you know, Oliver Vernon and some of these guys in, and now I think, you know, it's time to address that running back position. It's kind of been absent of a marquee guy probably, you know, since Tiki Barber type days when they've been looking for that guy that can kind of really do some special things in the backfield. So I'm going to say they take the Penn State running back, one of the most prolific guys I think, you know, of running backs in the last few years, and I'm going to have them take Barkley. Yeah, and, you know, I think the only thing with, with the Chubb thing is, is one thing you could look at is, you know, the Giants are moving to a 3-4 defense, and that's why they got rid of Jason Pierre-Paul. I think that Bradley Chubb's better in a 4-3 front, you know, than a than a 3-4 type defense. So I think, you know, I think that's why that's probably Barkley's going to be the, the pick there. You know, the Jets then are then on the clock, you know, and I think they, they're going to go quarterback. We know they traded up there, so do they take – uh, Baker Mayfield or to take Josh Rosen. I think that's their dilemma. Do we, you know, and again, I think it's, it's kind of a hard, you know, thing there. I think they'll go ahead and take Baker Mayfield, even though Josh Rosen's probably going to, you know, be the better pro style quarterback, but I think they like the glitz and the glamor and the, the hype you there and they need something to sell there to their fans. So I think they take Baker Mayfield, which could turn out to be, you know, not the greatest. There might be a reach, with the other two quarterbacks maybe having a higher grade on some other teams' boards. Definitely. And, yeah, Mayfield seems to be a hot name in New York right now. And I personally love Mayfield. I love him as a collegiate guy. I thought he looked great down at the Senior Bowl. I thought his combine went well. Um, 
you know, a little bit undersized compared to the guys. He doesn't have that prototypical size that you'd like, but he's a gamer. He has that it factor, uh, you know, in a city like New York, um, you know, he'll definitely be under the microscope. So he'll have to handle things very, very diligently as the face of the Jets franchise if he ends up in New York. That leaves me with the fourth pick of our mock draft 3.0 as me and Justin Van Fulpen, the NFL draft. We will break things down for you guests out there listening in. And you remember, you can always download these and listen to them at your leisure. You simply go to iTunes or Block Talk Radio. You type in our names or just a 2018 mock draft, and they will appear, and you can find these links, again, at your leisure. Um, that puts me back on the board with the Cleveland Browns, and we mentioned his name with the second pick and Bradley Chubb. Um, I think Chubb now appears to be the guy, if the Browns don't elect to trade out, if a team's hungry for one of these quarterbacks. But we're not going to be able to do that. We're just kind of listing the guys off as they go absent of any trade. So I think, you know, the pairing with Miles Garrett, the number one pick last year with a guy like Chubb, you know, I think that's the bookends that, you know, Cleveland hopes that will wreak havoc on the AFC North and the rest of the NFL for years to come. So we got Darnold one, Barkley two, Baker Mayfield three, Bradley Chubb four, and Justin, that puts you on the clock with number five with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting thing, and this is how things play out. There's, does you know John Elway go and say, "Hey, look, we got it. We're going to be up here. Let's get a quarterback." Do they trade out? Do they go Denzel Ward? You know, there to replace you know Talib. I think you know John Elway knows he's got to get the quarterback right. You know, the yes, they signed Case Keenum, but it's basically a two. It's a two-year deal. You know, and so hey, you pick Josh Allen, who's got a who could be a, basically a home run there. You let him sit for a couple years, but to, behind. Uh, you know, uh, Case Keenum, you know, basically Paxton Lynch from all indications is, you know, he doesn't have a ton of interest, you know, in playing, you know, football there. You know, they, there was the offseason. They couldn't even get a hold of him is what I was told down to combine. You know, there, there's some things. There was Paxton Lynch, you know, there. So I think they're going to go away from Paxton Lynch and say, hey, it was bad. Let's go ahead and let's, let's try to reset and go Josh Allen, uh, you know, there with the fifth pick for the Denver Broncos. Nice and a great insight as well as uh, packing the Mac Paxton Lynch on and, and his disinterest at being a, a Denver Bronco, especially playing under a legend like John Elway. Uh, that doesn't bode well for his future in Denver. That puts us with the sixth overall pick, and this was used to be the New York Jets until they moved up to three. Now the Colts own it, and uh, Chris Ballard, their GM, has a lot of work to do to kind of get this team back to the upper echelons it once was under the Peyton and top of the Andrew Luck years um i think this team could probably take anybody else or anybody left on the board and be really happy because they have that many holes um when i look at this team though i think defense needs a little bit of a jolt and uh i think a guy like uh denzel ward i know dbs are a commodity i think mika fitzpatrick is the name that most people are excited about but i think pure cover corner i think denzel ward the ohio state kid is about the purest cover corner in the draft so I think they go defense I think he's a guy that they could use I know they could use him and I have Denzel Ward going to the Colts yeah and then you know that goes to Tampa Bay and so do they take Quentin Nelson the guard from Notre Dame do they take uh, Mika Fitzpatrick the safety uh, there from Alabama I think you know they're going to value a, a safety over an interior offensive lineman you know more so I think the, the Bucks go ahead and take Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety, who you just mentioned there, possibly number six to the Colts, but drops down there to the seventh pick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Definitely. And, yeah, and I think I think we're both eyeing Quentin Nelson right now on our boards, knowing that, you know, talent-wise he's graded amongst the top guys available in the draft, you know, sometimes top two, top three on many boards. But I, I think you know as well, I mean, 
you know, offensive guards, they just don't go high. I, I know I did some research. I think Jonathan Cooper, I mean, to just say over the last, you know, 20 years, he was, you know, he was the highest guard and he was taken seventh, followed by the 10th pick that same year. I think that was Chance Womack. And those guys really haven't panned out. Usually these guys usually go late first round, between 20 and 32. That's when you see these top-tier guards kind of get – Nelson could slip just due to that factor, even though he's immensely talented. Teams really are diligent about sticking to values. That's why you don't see, you know, certain positions taken with the number one pick. I mean, I think we could all argue that Jalen Ramsey or Patrick Peterson was the number one guys during their draft classes, but hence, you know, their position doesn't reap the rewards of being named number one. But after my battling and all my ba-ba-ba-ba, <laughs> that leaves us with the seventh pick, and or, or the eighth pick, I should say, okay. after Fitzpatrick goes to the Bucks, I have the eighth pick and the Chicago Bears – Interesting position here. The Bears are obviously invested heavy on the offense side of the ball. They brought in a couple weapons, especially for Mitchell Trubisky to use. Um, so I think defense is the avenue they go. And I'm going to have them take the Florida State standout, Derwin James. I think he's a standout kid. I think he's a very, very high ceiling type kid. I think he's kind of, even though I'm putting him eighth overall, I still think he's a body of work at the collegiate level that's kind of been bypassed through this draft process in terms of what he brings to the table. So that leaves you with the ninth pick, Justin, and that's the ninth pick of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and Ruben Foster's, we don't know what's going to go on here with his legal battle there. You know, he, he was not in uh, their offseason. Both, they both basically said, hey, let's, you know, you need to kind of deal with this. Football's, you know, secondary. You could be spending some time in jail. Uh, you know, so with that being the case, you know, this, the question is, do they take Raquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia, or Tremaine Edmonds? the linebacker for Virginia Tech. I think they take Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech, because he's, he's a guy who, who can play uh, multiple positions there on the defense. He can play uh, you know outside and be a rush guy. You can kick him inside potentially there. I think his versatility, he goes higher than Roquan Smith there. I think if, Roquan, if, uh, if Tremaine Edmonds wasn't there, Roquan Smith would be the pick, but Tremaine Edmonds would be the pick with the ninth pick overall to the San Francisco 49ers. And I heard you bring those two names up. I knew you where you were headed. And you know me, I'm a big Roquan Smith guy, and I had him going with the next pick. And I, when you said Edmonds, I did the fist pump. I, I did the fist pump. I'm in the <laughs> war room right now. I'm excited because I get to say the Oakland Raiders are taking Roquan Smith, the Georgia linebacker, who I, you know, I'm, I'm adored with. You know, who was the guy that I, what safety was I really excited about, Justin? He never panned out. Remember him? <laughs> no, I don't. I can't say I'm down my head. Buddy. Oh, now that I think about it, remember, because we joked around about it for years, he was an immensely high-regarded safety. That's going to nag me the rest of the show. Start thinking about it while we're doing this. Yeah, Taylor Mays? There, I mean, we've been... Taylor Mays. Taylor that Mays? was it. It was Taylor Mays. <laughs> it was Taylor Mays. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it was Taylor Mays. Oh, you talk about boo. I mean, you know, long career, but I mean, what he was on the college level, I mean, you know, expectations were kind of pretty fierce yeah. on what this kid was going to bring to the table. Great, great memory there, Justin. Um, you now have the rights to the 11th pick on the board, and that is of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you know, and, and so what do they do here? I mean, Josh Rosen's still available. You know, there's a lot of talk in regards that they want a quarterback because of, you know, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, is gone. We've still got Quentin Nelson, you know, on the board there. But I, I think, you know, the the pass, you know, it, you know, 
you know, it's kind of, okay, hey, you know, if Josh Rosen's still there at 11, I think they go ahead and they pull the trigger on, you know, Josh Rosen because they don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Tannehill with the injuries. And they know the Buffalo Bills want Josh Rosen. They basically say, hey, we're going we're gonna to take, you know, take him there. So I think the Miami Dolphins take Josh Rosen. That's a great pick. And, yeah, and like, you, like you said, I mean, when you look at it, the, they know the Bills are going to be craving to get that guy. And, you know, under, under draft circumstances, the Bills probably make the leap. But under our format, the Bills are just stuck there thinking of what could have been being one pick away <laughs> from possibly the guy that they like most, maybe, out of all the quarterbacks that teams covet in this 2018 NFL draft. That leads me to the Buffalo Bills, who now hold the 12th pick after making a trade with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals dropped back to the 21st pick. Other things were involved, but the Bills moved up. And who knows if they're done moving up. We'll find out next Thursday as the first round gets underway. But, you know, that leaves this team in, you know, kind of a, a whirlwind now. Now they got A.J. McCarron who really doesn't have much experience, and I don't know how much they really want this guy to be their guy. So as the, the war room Kaiser tries to regroup after hearing Rosen's name plucked off the board, I, you know, I think now they're just looking at guys with the ability and upper epsilon guys, and I think one guy that, you know, is, is, is Vita Via, you know, the, the Washington D-tackle. I mean, you're talking about a guy with, you know, maybe top eight type talent, and, you know, he's slipping the 12th. Um, you know, and Sean McDonald, uh, McDermott, he's a defensive-minded guy, so I think he would welcome the abilities and the capabilities of bringing a guy like Vita V in. And with that said, we leave you with the 13th pick of the Washington Redskins, Justin. Yeah, and, and, and you know, here's a guy who slipped, you know, in this, in this mock. You know, we, you, you kind of gave some reasons why he slipped there. But when the Washington Redskins were winning Super Bowls, they had an offensive line that they called the Hawks. You know, they just let Brandon Sheriff, they just exercised his fifth-year option there. They go ahead and get Quentin Nelson there, you know, the guard. They, they obviously traded for, the you know, the um, uh, the quarterback there and Alex Smith. You know, they need to figure out what the running game is going to go there. But you have those two interior offensive linemen. And 13, you know, to me, okay, hey, I mean, there's some talk that Quentin, that Quentin Nelson could have been the second pick to the New York Giants. So they get a great value, you know, here at the 13th pick and take Quentin Nelson in the guard with Notre Dame. And like I said, I mean, that's, that's a very terrific pick. And, you know, that's part of the draft process. I mean, listeners out there might be shaking their heads going, there's no possible way that Quentin Nelson slips to the 13th pick. Well, I'm sure you're the same people listening in if we would have done this show when Aaron Rodgers was sitting on the board and falling all the way down to the Packers when he made his dynamic. So, I mean, guys always slip. One reason there or the other is just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes on draft night in terms of teams, what they need compared to what other teams are taking. And that's the fun of it. That's the unknown. That's why we love it. Um, that leads me with the 14th pick of the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers in the news because he's kind of displeased with some of the team uh, things that were made and he wasn't included. Personally, Justin, I think if he's Aaron Rodgers, you give him a phone call, you pass it by him, even if you don't care what he says. You just kind of let him know he's in the loop and, you know, maybe that his opinion matters. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, you, mean, you want to keep your franchise quarterback kind of healthy or happy, excuse me, and you, you tell him, hey, your buddy Jordy Nelson, hey, we're, we're going to move on with him. Hey, your quarterback coach, hey, we're going to move on in, you know, in this different direction. Um, you know, hey, just, just give you a heads up so you don't hear it on Twitter or, you know, on NFL Network. You know, so I think that, right. you know, you just give the guy a heads up. I think that's just smart business because, again, you're going to have to do a long-term deal, uh, you know, contract extension with him, you know, coming up. 
And, you know, and it's, it's good to try to, hey, you know, maybe he tries, he's willing to take a, a more of a discount, kind of what Tom Brady's done there with New England. But if you're going to basically say, hey, we run the show, well, maybe he's going to play hardball and say, well, I want, you know, you know, $32 million a year, you know, um, you know, from you guys. So, you know, again, we'll see how everything shakes out there. But, you know, that that's – I think you just kind of keep, keep your franchise quarterback happy, you know, with, you know, and just give the guy a heads up. Nice. And, and they're going to keep him happy. This is going to be the shock pick of the draft. Calvin Ridley to the Green Bay Packers to help oh! cuddle and coddle the Aaron Rodgers quarterback. Aaron, we apologize for Jordy Nelson's departure. We know you love Devontae Adams. We got Geronimo, Geronimo Allison emerging, but we're going to take the Alabama standout and kind of shock the world. I think everyone thinks, at least I think they're going to, they would take an offensive lineman like Nelson if he was there, but surely I think all signs point to a defensive pick. But Calvin Ridley, Allah kind of like Quentin Nelson. He's there with the 14th pick. Great value. And Calvin Ridley's off to the Green Bay Packers to catch passes from Aaron Rodgers. And that leaves you with the pick of the Arizona Cardinals at 15. Well, I, was, I was picking Calvin Ridley because I picked him in all the other mock drafts, and it was going to be the same <laughs> there. I mean, so, so I mean, you know, I, I think that's, that's the, you know, again, but that's how, the, like you say, that's how things happen there. But so I think, you know, the next best available guy on the board for somebody that, you know, they, you know, they need, um, you know, as far as is Marcus Davenport, you know, the defensive end from, you know, uh, UTEP, um, Texas, you know, San Antonio, um, you know, there. So I think they go ahead and take Marcus Davenport to help. They're, they're switching from a, uh, a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 defense. I think Davenport and Chandler Jones give you great, you know, edge guys. We oh, saw what Philadelphia yeah. did in the Super Bowl, you know, with, you know, kind of, you know, the pass rush and how, you know, how it basically helped them win that Super Bowl there. It, you know, Arizona, um, you know, Steve Wilkes is the new head coach there. He's a defensive-minded uh, head coach, so gets himself a, a pass rusher. You can never have enough pass rushers. So they go mark the Davenport, the defensive end, you know, from uh, the, the small school, the people, you know, been talking about since, you know, the senior bowl. Yeah. Yeah, the University of Texas, San Antonio. I mean, like I said, a small school kid, raw, but tremendous upside. And uh, like I said, he's definitely going to be a first-round, high first-round grade and uh, likely could land just where Justin pegged him to, to the Arizona Cardinals. And, man, that would be a fantastic group to watch him and Chandler Jones kind of getting back to that DN position instead of playing the outside linebacker role that he did for so many years with the Cardinals. Um, That leaves me with the 16th pick of the Baltimore Ravens. And as Justin mentioned, I think all our previous mock drafts, he had Ridley, and I think I had Cortland Sutton going to the Ravens. But uh, this particular draft and the way things have kind of shaked out is, Justin, you've mentioned him plenty of times on the show and how he was the number one guy on the national and Blusto reports um, last spring at this time. And it's the uh, it's the linebacker, Harold Landry. Um, I think he's going to be the guy. Um, you know, Terrell Suggs is not getting any older. He's the last piece of that iconic defense that featured Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis, uh, you know, amongst others. I mean, so I think a guy like Harold Landry, the edge rusher, can bring a lot of value to a team that's kind of still looking for some identity pieces on that defensive side of the ball. And with that said, that leaves you with the 17th pick of the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, and, you know, a guy who, you know, for the first mock we couldn't really pronounce his name, you know, um, and a guy who there's been some rumors of, hey, he's got some issues or different things like that. But he's been rising, just, you know, just skyrocketing, and, you know. And, you know, the Tennessee Titans actually canceled the visit because they knew he would be gone before they could even, you know, get him drafted there. 
with the 17th pick, the San Diego Chargers select uh, linebacker from Boise State, uh, Landon Vanderesh. Landon Vanderesh. And for you folks who listened to the previous mock drafts, Justin has come through superbly. I mean, that was a name that we wouldn't even attempt the thing, and he just he said it like he was a parent of the young man. So uh, let's get Justin Van Poopel and giving the 17th selection to the Chargers as they acquire the standout Boise State linebacker. Very, very exciting times for him and the and the Chargers getting that centerpiece. Um, now that brings us to the Seattle Seahawks. I think this is a fun pick because as good as the Seattle Seahawks are, they're verging on maybe getting worse or getting a lot better. Um, I'm going to have them go with the defensive tackle slash D end, Taven Bryan from Florida. Um, I very I admire what he brings to the table. I think he's a really good prospect. I think he's a guy that's going to have a long career, not maybe elite, but I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, signs a couple of Tron, Tron tracks and, and earns a couple Pro Bowl invites. So I think uh, Pete Carroll and the crew, um, they've lost a lot of pieces on that defensive side. They, they could go in a lot of different directions, um, even running back. But uh, with that said, I'm going to give him the Florida kid, Tavon Bryan. And that leaves you, Justin, with the Dallas Cowboys at the 19th selection. Yeah, and obviously they they cut Des Bryant. Um, you know, uh, Jason Garrett was at Cortland Sutton's pro day there at SMU. Obviously it's there in Dallas, you know, so – but you can still read the tea leaves there. They're looking for a receiver. So it's at Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore, I think. You can pretty much, you know, peg, you know, there. I think they, they like, you know, Cortland Sutton better because he's a bigger – he's, you know, not necessarily Des Bryant, but he's that kind of that red zone guy there to, you know, team up with Alan Hearns, you know, and some of their other, you know, Cole Beasley and their other receiving core there. So I think with the 19th pick, they're excited that Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, is there with the wide receiver from SMU. Yeah, okay, that's – yeah, I mean – and uh, what do you think about the Des Bryant release? Well, you know, obviously it's a money thing, you know. I mean, I think where you're talking about the, the money doesn't meet the production there, you know, and, and hey, Des Bryant's a talented guy. But he he's a you know one of those a personalities and sometimes a difficult guy to you know get along with you know there so you know they had to make a decision and I think the decision was hey he's he's not worth the money you know and he's not worth the headaches and you know they they moved on there um you know and and again they still they need some receivers so they got to hope that you know you know either they move up and get a you know a Calvin Ridley you know there or Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore still you know, available with, you know, the 19th pick. They, they need help on that team, you know, as far as depth. Um, you know, a lot of different uh, positions there in the, the defensive, you know, side, defensive line still needs work there. So, you know, they still got a lot of work there. So I don't think they can package a bunch of picks up and, and move up to, you know, get Calvin really. So they kind of sit there in 19th and kind of take what's what's left available. But I think Cortland Sutton's going to be a good replacement uh, for Des Bryant. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think there's a lot of life left in Des. He's going to be a mean man come 2018 with some vengeance. Um, that leaves me with the hometown team of Justin, the Michigan man, um, and I have the rights to the 20th pick overall, and that is now held by the Detroit Lions. Um, I, I did some numbers. I, they spent $47 million this offseason on defensive players, so I'm sure Matt Patricia is very excited with what the front office has done in terms of bringing in personnel that can help his defense kind of exceed expectations. Um, and I had them taking Darius Geis for the longest time. I had him doing some other things as well offensively. But um, I look at a guy like Maurice Hurst, another Michigan guy, and I just think he's a decent fit for what they're trying to do. Um, 
and I, I think think I think it I think he even slipped. Like you know, I think twenty is a, a terrific find for the Lions. So Michigan guy stays in Michigan and plays for the Lions. I'm gonna have Maurice Hurst, who's medically cleared to do his thing, and wreak havoc on NFL quarterbacks. So I have the Lions again taking Maurice Hurst, and that leaves you with the or the Cincinnati Bengals pick via the Buffalo Bills, and now you have the 25th per first pick of the draft, Justin. Yeah, you know, obviously Pac-Man Jones is gone. I think they need some help in the, the secondary there, um, you know, and Mike Hughes is a is a, one of the higher-rated, you know, cornerbacks there from Central Florida. Um, so I think they go ahead and, you know, take Mike Hughes, the cornerback from uh, Central Florida there. He kind of fits into that, that mold there, bump and run, and be able to do things there. Uh, so I think he'd be a, a good addition for the, the Bengals' uh, defense. Nice, nice. And, uh, I mean, and that's a thing. Uh, this this particular defensive back class, you know, I mean, besides your, you know, your Fitzpatrick and your Denzel Ward, I mean, you know, you start getting into the Mike Hughes and the Alexanders, I mean, the, the Carlton Davises. There's a lot of guys I still really think it's team-specific, team preference. There's, I think, not one guy that kind of really separates himself, you know, amongst the others when you start getting into these later first round guys and Mike Hughes is good as any of them and again I just wanted to point that out to our listeners when we look at these DBs um, a pretty talented group but none of them have kind of at this second tier of guys if you will first rounders have kind of made that leap in front of, of the others that leaves me with the Bills second pick of the first round they picked 22nd they also picked 12th and uh, they missed out on Josh Rosen so they took Via Via of Washington um, with this selection I look at this team and I think LaShawn McCoy's not getting any younger, and I know it's one of those head scratchers, but at the end of the day, it happens a lot. You think of Ricky Williams and the Saints, Deuce McAllister. You think Larry Johnson and Priest Holmes. I mean, it happens. Ricky Waters, Sean Alexander. That means I'm going with Darius Geis, the LSU running back, to the Bills with the 22nd pick, and that way McCoy kind of rides off into another place. High contract as well. They can, you know, look to a guy with a a more affordable contract and younger legs. So I take Darius Geist to the Bills at 22nd, and that leaves you with the new owners of the 23rd pick, the New England Patriots, after they traded Brandon Cook to the Los Angeles Rams. And, Justin, you are now on the clock with the New England Patriots' first pick of the 2018 NFL Draft. Yeah, and obviously they need uh, offensive line help. Um, Colt Miller is a guy who tested great at the Combine. You know, as far as some people don't love his film, his tape there, but it's his testing numbers, you know, has kind of put him in this kind of range and category there. You know, so I still – I think, you know, um, he's a guy who, you know, they would look there with the 23rd pick, you know, to help, you know, replace the, the offensive line departures that they lost there. So, with the 23rd pick, the New England Patriots select Colt Miller, UCLA. Nice. And that's – oh, man, he's a, he's a good one. And that, that's definitely a guy they can use, especially after they lost Nate Solder to the Giants on the first day of free agency. He'll be protecting Manning instead of Tom Brady now. Um, that leaves me with the Carolina Panthers pick at 24th overall. Um, I think they're thinking offensive linemen as well. Um, the guys I think of are James Daniel, the versatile Iowa kid, center guard, War Hernandez, UTEP, and then Isaiah Wynn as well, um, the Georgia lineman. Um, I fell in love with Hernandez down at the Senior Bowl, and uh, I thought he had nothing but a leapfrog amount of you know, leaps, I guess, after the senior ball in terms of going to the combine, fantastic, his pro day workouts. So I think all arrows are pointing up in that area. They add some offensive linemen to the front. So I'm going to have Will Hernandez, the UTEP standout, 
go arrive at the Carolina Panthers, and that leaves you with the 25th pick, that of the Tennessee Titans. And I think they go offensive line there, and, you know, James Daniels is, you know, most likely the best, you know, center in this year's draft out of Iowa. You know, so with the 25th pick, the Tennessee Titans select James Daniels, the center out of Iowa. That's a nice pick. And uh, like I said, these guys I really love some of these uh, late-round offensive guard, versatile, interchangeable guys, especially Daniels. I mean, when you watch his tape, uh, I mean, these kids, I guess, I mean, I remember breaking down some of the Ohio State tape, and he was just destroying guys. And they, they had a pretty Jalen uh, Holmes, uh, you know, uh, Hubbard, who I might take with the next pick, but again, they had some they had some pretty talented guys on that uh, Ohio State front, and uh, James Daniels uh, was definitely causing some damage. Um, that puts me on the clock with the 26th pick of the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, I'm going to have them take Rashawn Green, the USC defensive lineman. I think he's a pretty talented kid. I think he's a piece that would work in Dan Quinn's defense. I know they took Tack McKinley last year. He's a smaller version, a little bit of an edge guy more of a defensive end. So I think they bring in a little bit bulkier guy and a guy like, uh, you know, what Green can do, I think uh, kind of, you know, gives them some strength, more powerful uh, strength instead of some of these speedier, quick guys that we're accustomed to seeing as a, you know, a Vic Beasley or a Tack McKinley. With that said, Justin, you're now on the clock with the 27th pick of the New Orleans Saints. Well, I mean, they've been tied to, to tight ends, uh, you know, in pretty much – you know, every mock draft, they, you know, they try to get Jimmy Graham. You know, they're not happy with their tight end, you know, core there. They they use a lot of multiple tight end sets there in New Orleans. A lot of people are high, you know, on Hayden Hurst, the tight end of South Carolina. And when we get down to the 27th pick, I think it's a great value for, for the New Orleans Saints. So I'm going to give them the tight end from who was a former baseball player, got drafted there, uh, you know, to, to the New Orleans Saints. So tight end, Hayden Hurst, South Carolina, New Orleans Saints, 27th pick. Oh, great stuff. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems like a hot topic right now or a hot name or a hot prospect or position is uh, the tight end position. And uh, Hayden Hurst uh, de- de- definitely deserving of that top notch as a tight end in this draft. Um, that puts me on the board with the team that I cover and the Pitt Steelers, um, 28th overall. Um, I think we have to think defense. Um, offense, uh, you know, absent of uh, maybe the curiosity of Bell returns, you would go somewhere with that. But uh, with Geis, uh, I think it's too high for Sony Michelle. So, you know, I think you got to look at a couple positions. Defensive back, obviously. Um, Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama, kind of keeps screaming out, pick me, pick me, pick me. And uh, I think I'm going to have to uh, abide by those screams. So I'm going to have Rashawn Evans, the Alabama linebacker, you know, take the – some of the void left by the, you know, the horrific injury of Ryan Shazier and, and some of the, uh, you know, the, the, the less, you know, Bud Dupree, you know, step backs where he kind of hasn't become the guy that they wanted as well. So uh, the linebacking core definitely needs a little bit of medicine. And I think Rashawn Evans is the guy that kind of is the prescription for it. And that leaves you, Justin, with the 29th pick of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think they're going to go offensive. They're going to go receiver. The question goes now is, is it DJ Moore out of Maryland or DJ Shark out of LSU? So they're going to go with the DJ, but I think they go DJ Moore from Maryland, um, you know, there in Jacksonville. You know, they lost Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson, uh, you know, there, you know, uh, as far as in free agency. Obviously, they cut Alan Hearns. Uh, so I think they go ahead and they need to add some weapons there to that, to that offense. Um, you know, so I, I think they go wide receiver, DJ Moore, Maryland. 
Nice, nice. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, wow. I mean, you talk about great value getting D.J. Moore. I mean, with a 29th pick, I mean, that's that's pretty uh, incredible stuff. Um, that takes me to the Minnesota Vikings with the 30th pick of our 2018 mock draft. We appreciate you guys always joining us as we bring these shows to you. Just an overwhelming response from you guys. The listens are incredible, and we do appreciate that. And, we again, we appreciate Justin for sharing his knowledge and insight like no other can bring and uh, kind of enough to always take time and join the show. But with that said, um, I think the, the Vikings want to protect their big prize free agent. So I'm going to take Mike McGlinchey, the Notre Dame tackle. I think he just kind of fills a void that they kind of need to just kind of that line that's kind of uh, not on par with some of the best that we've seen in the NFL. So um, two offensive linemen from the Fighting Irish in terms of Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey going the first round. And, Justin, that leads you with the 31st pick, the second of the first round of the New England Patriots. Yeah, you know, obviously they took Colt Miller, you know, they're high. I think they go cornerback, and they take Josh Jackson, the cornerback from Iowa, you know, to help, you know, their secondary, obviously. They, they lost some uh, pieces, you know, their um, mo- most recognizable, Malcolm Butler, who obviously didn't play in the Super Bowl and with the Tennessee Titans. But Josh Jackson, who, you know, some people thought he was a mid-first-round pick, you know, so now – as we kind of come through this there, I think they'll, they'll they'll slide a little bit, but they'll get a, a very good you know kind of cover two cornerback. You know, did test really well at the combine. That's why people you know has has flipping down, even though he had great ball skills. You know, a ton of interceptions this past year as a junior there at Iowa, uh, but because of you know not testing to an elite level, you know at the cornerback position, he'll slide a little bit and and, and they'll go ahead and get a, a great corner, a guy who can tackle. That's something that they'll a lot there Excellent stuff. And uh, that's a, that's a great pick from him. And then, you know, New England did what they needed to do. They, they addressed two very serious concerns. One was the offensive line with Miller and then backing it up with the DB. Cause we know they have showed their issues and uh, deficiencies against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles being able to stop Nick Foles. Um, that leaves me with the final pick of our final mock draft of the 2018 season. And that is of the 20, 17-18 Super Bowl champions of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I look at this team, um, a little bit of needs, but nothing to be overly concerned with. Um, and, I, you know, this is one of the benefits of being uh, the Super Bowl champs where you can uh, kind of pick and choose a little bit other, better than some, maybe some of the other teams. Um, some of the guys, Justin, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Justin Reed. I'm thinking about Rodney Harrison, um, a couple safeties that have kind of slipped. And I know that they have fantastic safeties, but then you got to kind of think about who's left on the board. And I, cause then I start thinking of offensive linemen. I think Isaiah Wynn is still out there from Georgia. I think he's a great talent as well. So I'm going to have them kind of up the ante on the offensive side of the, the ball. I'm going to have them take I, Isaiah Wynn of Georgia. And that is our final edition of Mock Drafts. Justin, how would you feel after you walk away from it? Well, I mean, great. I mean, I think, you know, the, the question is going to be what's going to go on with these quarterbacks. You know, where's Josh Rosen going to go? I mean, people, he's kind of the polarizing guy. Him and Baker Mayfield, you know, people have, you know, very stark different opinions there. You know, I think, you know, him dropping down to 11, I don't think that will happen. You know, I think there will be some trades. I think we'll see, you know, quarterbacks, you know, four quarterbacks going to top 10, you know, probably, you know, potentially three quarterbacks going one, two, three, you know, next week. You know, but I think, hey, you know, there's, a, there's still a ton of good talent out there. Uh, but I think we did a great job putting, you know, needs with, with players there. And I think we, we might get a couple of them right. You know, I, I'm not going to say we're going to, 
you know, we're not going to be a Hall of Fame batter in any, you know, standpoint, but we might get one or two of the, the 32, you know, together there. Maybe it's the first two. Who knows? Yeah, I, I hope we at least get the first year right so we start off on the right foot. Like I told you, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can watch the draft of the picks come off the board and I miss each one of them. So I, I just, uh, you know, it's a matter of fact, you know, it's, 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 it's how it works. I mean, because it's unpredictable, you know. I think and sometimes you think, you know, you think I think what we think the team needs. You know, like, we, you, you know, I think this team's defensive backs think they need to take a defensive back internally. They like their defensive back. They might think their guards are the biggest need, so they go guard. And I think that's the sometimes of the issue I fall into. Justin Yan, you've been so kind to us all year. All the mock drafts. I mean, down at the combine, the live combine down there in the hotel. Guys are walking around. Baker Mayfield's walking around while we're doing the show. I mean, it was fun stuff, fun times. Um, I gotta ask. I mean, next Thursday. I mean, how does the NFL draft guru spend the first round of the draft? Well, you know, just like everybody else, you know, tuned in, you know, with flipping back, you know, between ESPN and, and NFL Network, you know, we're we're suckers and fiends for it. So I'll be, you know, I mean, I always watch the, the draft with my brother, so I'll be with my brother, you know, watching watching it, and we'll we'll be, you know, uh, having our own little wagers on our our picks by picks, you know, see if we can predict the pick, you know, as, as we go down there. Um, so we'll, we'll have a good time, you know, and, and watching and say, hey, you know, we were wrong on this pick, we were wrong on this pick, we might have been right on this one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm very intrigued, you know, with the NFL now simulcasting, you know, the NFL Network being on Fox, I, you know, I think, you know, the people are realizing that this, this is reality TV show at its finest. You know, with Fox, being, it's going to be the first draft. I mean, it's going to be on, you know, prime time on Thursday night. You know, Fox Network TV. I think that's huge. You know, that's huge for the game. It's huge for the value of this. You know, I mean, me and you've done it for years and been around it for longer than we want to admit. But for to see the draft grow and see the interest in it is, is a huge thing. And I think it's just going to keep on getting bigger. Yeah, I think you're right. And I always call the combine the little brother of the draft. And, you know, they're going to try to execute that thing to as highest platform as it can i mean you know i know they got the medical things in indianapolis that's one of the reasons they want to keep it there past its you know i think 2020 contract but uh again you know if the nfl knows you know we see i mean 250,000 people they expect to attend the draft through the weekend of festivities i mean that's an incredible amount of people so they know they could they kind of get this picked up and you're down to combine you know what it's like now i mean it's nfl festival time they got, you know, all the things that you can do. You can wear Super Bowl rings. You can run through drills. I mean, you can watch the guys bench press. So it's a growing thing. And like I said, I mean, to think that, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, like you said, showing our age, you know, Thursday was reserved for the Huxtables and the Cosby Show and Cheers and, and <laughs> ER and, and, and Hill Street Blues. And, and now you're going to find out where Marcus Davenport goes from the University of Texas, San Antonio. Justin, you nailed it on the head. Um, it's amazing that it's still growing by leaps and bounds. And this is just the cup of it with it kind of hitting prime time. Because, you know, you get those prime time listeners, people who may not necessarily be a, pay attention to it, they might kind of get caught in the whirlwind of the excitement. And you said it's reality TV at its finest. You're the NFL draft guru, Justin, at the finest. And, man, I appreciate you always taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your week, man. Eight days ago. We'll see you, Bo. Always great. Pleasure with pleasure always being on you. Anytime. I'm always available. Anytime you need me. Awesome stuff. Once again, that is Justin Van Fulpen, the NFL draft guru. He's been in charge of all-star games. 
agent behind the scenes. This guy knows more, does more than he would ever admit because that's how involved and deeply entranced he is. With all the things that you folks would love to know, the guy that just hung up the phone, he knows most of that stuff. And how about the great tip he gave us about Paxton Lynch saying, uh, you know, the Broncos were trying to call him from what he heard down at the combine. But if you're intertwined with the inner leans of the NFL's elite like Justin is, you can get those tidbits. And that's why we bring him on so you folks out there can get those tidbits as always. Well, folks, we hope you appreciate the NFL Mock Draft 3.0. We hope you stay safe. You make it till next week and well beyond and find yourself watching the 2018 NFL Draft. This has been a college com exclusive. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.